Okay, welcome to this week's episode of Drilled Podcast. This is Dr. Brady here with Joshua Dean. Yeah. Uh, On today's episode, we talked with Jasper. 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 Jasper's fantastic. I met Jasper through my office. He had originally come to me uh, about one month after a 23-year prison sentence. And he talks about his prison experience, getting back into society. Uh, Jasper is was so friendly and so awesome when I first met him. It was really good. That I offered to do all his dentistry for free. It's very nice of you. Well, I enjoy that. And and he's been very grateful. And we, we're, we're putting him through the ringer. And we're still doing it. And it is, his, his, his is a project. And we're working through it. It's awesome. But... Um, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about prison dentistry. We can get into a lot of things. There's a He's lot that we wanted to get into that we didn't get into. Probably should have him back on at some point. Yeah. To get to get more into that stuff. Uh, but it was all super interesting. I think you guys are gonna like this episode tremendously. Anything you want to add, Joshua? Tried his first Red Bull. Pretty fucking proud of that. Yeah, he had never had Red Bull. Yeah. That just gives you an example. And that, that's the thing. Right when I met him, I thought like. 23 years. Do you even know who Justin Bieber is? Do you even know anything? Like, what do you know and yeah. what do you not know? And there was a lot he didn't know. There's a lot he did know. But he had never tried Red Bull yeah. until he came to our podcast. So, uh, anything else you want to add? Nope. Enjoy. See ya. All right. We are here with uh, Jasper. Thank you for joining us. Of course. You made it. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, we are here with Jasper, who is a, a patient of mine. I am Dr. Brady Smith, and I'm also here with Joshua Dean. Joshua Dean, our co-host and awesome person extraordinaire. Uh, we are here talking with Jasper today about a pretty amazing experience. I met Jasper. I'm going to tell them how I met you. I met Jasper. Jasper came into my office. I would say, if I remember right, you were about a month, a month out of just about a month, 27 years. Right. In prison. Now, I'm on the uh, Molina Apple Care basic, basic health care plan. Right. I'm looking for a dentist. Yes. I have a list of them out that I'll take that I'll take the insurance. Yeah. I literally close my eyes, like jab my finger on there. Yeah. I literally <laughs> close my eyes and jab my <laughs> finger in there. Sorry about that. It's all right. It's all right. And uh, yeah, landed on you. And Yippee. just miracles started to happen. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Sure. Sure. So Jasper, Jasper came in uh, for our listeners. Jasper came in and uh, for Joshua. I don't know if you know. I think I told you this story, but um, Jasper came in and honestly, I just you have a good vibe about you. you I mean, you just have a, you have a very nice personality. Thanks, man. And I was so intrigued about honestly. The first thing I thought of when when <clears throat> like twenty seven years in prison, I was like, Do you Three. even know twenty three? Do you even know who Justin Bieber is? Like how 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 isolated are you and that's kind of like where my fascination started was like how isolated are because you were in montana right which i don't know if it matters once you're in so all my information in the world has come through in the form of magazines and television through that skewed perspective okay and uh, so you watch tv basic cable basic cable okay and all my functional social skills have been developed in an incarcerated setting so (laughs) right i get out here and the world's just a whole lot bigger and i can't you know, I can't choke slam somebody out here. It's just unacceptable behavior, apparently. So <laughs> I have to learn how to be a person in the world now all over again at That's 40. Right. I mean, you can choke slam somebody. There's 
Constantly. It's frowned there's upon. Re- there's it's repercussions upon. that I'm way too yeah. familiar with. I'll yeah. pass yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> Good thinking. <laughs> Good thinking. Uh, and so, uh, Jasper, uh, you needed some dental work. Yeah. And I decided that I would uh, do that for you. That was amazing, too. I think and I've gotten four or five caps or something like that and two implants. Got some implants going. We're, we're doing some work. Putting my you. mouth back together. Right. right. Yeah, and it needed some putting back together. And a little bit later on, we're going to talk about prison dentistry. Because I am super interested in prison dentistry, and it's super awesome. I mean, in a very scary, nightmarish way. Yes, in that way. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I feel like we just overlooked something that was kind of crazy to me, because you'd never had a Red Bull before. This yeah. is the first time. So here we're talking about yeah. the, the last 27 years. Even, I've years. been out. Okay, I've been out of prison for about eight months now. All right. Trying to redevelop social skills. Um, I'm also slightly autistic. I have Asperger's. And so it, it, there are challenges ahead of me. And yes, every single day I find something such as the Red Bull, such as losing myself in transport and public tra- transportation that I've just never done before in my whole life. As an adult, most people have done all of these things. Paid taxes, uh, picked out barbecue sauce at the store, uh, decided whether or not to have pizza delivered. Just things like that that you guys just take for granted are all these things that I've just I just completely missed. Completely missed. I've watched other people do it through a TV. Right. And I've right. just never done it. And you're like, I think Domino's is the best place to order pizza from, but I don't <laughs> really know. Right. It could be Pizza he, Hut. I've he, seen that on TV too. He's watched the uh, like the evolution of thirty minutes or less to <laughs> nothing to you pick it up to well, think of it like this. I've been incarcerated since before Google existed as a company. That's amazing. Like I, the whole internet boom. What what year? Cell were, phones. What year did you? Ninety five. Ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. I went in for three years. I got out for six months. I went right back in for right. fifty. Picked up five more for an escape. So you got to think, what has changed since nineteen ninety five? And I think the answer is everything. Absolutely everything. Everything yeah. has changed since 1995. Wow. The way you listen to music, the way you um, consume entertainment of any kind. I mean, right. the way you talk to people, the way you communicate right. with people. I mean, literally. There's all kinds of gender issues and stuff. I tried ho- holding the door open for somebody uh, this, uh, who I thought was a lady and apparently Uh-oh. was not. But I was just trying to hold the door open. Yeah. trying to be polite and i've got yeah. like my backpack and my cane and i'm, I'm a little bit awkward but I'm, <laughs> and uh yeah this deep voice came over and grabbed the door i can hold my own door you need to get woke i was like that's what they said to you i just froze i'm like i don't understand <laughs> anything you just said those were all english words and i have no idea what you're telling me right now oh yeah 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 apparently that was rude of me to try to hold yeah, the door so tra- yeah. i didn't know like trending yeah. terms how are those introduced into an incarcerated setting? So things like woke and you're, you're hearing them because you, you hear it. A lot you of are kids, exposed. Yeah, a lot of kids come in with the, with the new language and the, the slang sure. and stuff. But uh, like nobody's waiting by the, the, the doors like what? <laughs> Bring us the stories of the outside. No. Uh, but, exactly. But, you know, what was the so the Red Bull thing that that just kind of blows a lot of people's mind because there was this addition <laughs> of. A lot of really crazy products that have right. evolved over the last 20 years, and you guys couldn't have a majority of that, I'm assuming. Right. But you still have... Every once in you, a while, we get a thing. You still have can, you know? The, you know, the canteen, right? Sure. You still call it a canteen? They still call <coughs> yeah. it a can- Okay, so you have the canteen, you have a budget there, and, and what products are available at the uh, canteen? Basic stuff, you know, um, for snacks. I mean, there's basic foods, but uh, you, can't, you can't buy Red Bulls. You right. know what I mean? You can't, you <clears throat> Is it because of the stimulant? No, they sell coffee. Okay. They just there's a limited number of things that they'll sell. All right. That's all. Yeah, you're just not gonna have the uh, 
they quit variety, the now. leading edge. Like, no, it's, I need sugar-free. Like, no one in charge is Give like, me sugar-free. They need, like, all flavors of Fanta. All of them. Right? Yeah, because right. they're cheap. Because they, they, right. <laughs> they're only paying these guys, like, $1.25 a day if you got a good job. Right. Yeah. And so $1.25 a day, you're spending that and half again just to get a Coke sure. at the end of your day. So you're just everything's backwards. It's 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 hard to do anything in prison. The economy really. of yeah, the economy of prison is super interesting. Anyways, back to like meeting you. I was so fascinated by just talking to you. Honestly, I looked forward. That's why I wanted to bring you back all the time because uh, so I did all your de- I wanted to do all your dental work for you. <laughs> I just want to talk to you, man. That's I'm like, fine. Just, if I can just do his dental work, he'll just come and chat with me, and I'm so interested in like something that I don't know anything about. You can ask any question. We just will beware. Ask- <laughs> I'm telling you now. You'll tell us the answer. I will give you the answer. It might not <laughs> be the one you were looking for, but right, it'll okay. be accurate. We've been we've been fairly warned. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. But um, uh, yeah. So I just think your story is so fascinating. It's so interesting. Um, and throughout my profession uh, as a dentist, I talk to kind of a wide swath of people, right? Sure. Of the different you know demographics and and upbringings and. Uh, races and ethnicities and and just cultures and all that kind of stuff, and I have never met someone who has spent th- this large of a chunk of their life incarcerated. Also, someone who was so pleasant, immediately pleasant to speak with and be around, uh, as you were. So I thought, yeah, I want to talk to you, man. And as I talk to you more, your story is just super awesome, which is why I want to have it on the podcast and share it, man. Because uh, so let's start, uh, if you don't mind, uh, let's talk about. Uh, not little baby Jasper, but maybe like teenage Jasper. Like, so your first incarceration was 18. Let's talk about what led up to your initial incarceration. All right. Keeping in mind that I was a difficult child my entire life, and like a we, little rebellious, you mean? Well, no. Just uh, we just recently, like a month after I got out of prison, I got the Asperger's diagnosis, right? And we didn't a month m- after. So just recently. Just recently. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, and a few other things. Uh, and these are things, these are problems that I apparently had as a child and as a young adult that were misdiagnosed yeah. and not caught. Sure. And so my behavior, that's not an excuse for my behavior at all, but it's an explanation as to what Absolutely. I was doing. Absolutely. Nothing excuses what I did, but we can help explain what led to it. So, yeah, there was a place called the Bozeman Hotel in Bozeman, Montana. And the, you grew uh, up in Montana. You grew like up there? Or? Mon- uh, Montana and California. Okay. But yeah. as a teenager, you were in Bozeman. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I had turned 18, and I had left my dad's house, and I was on my own. Technically homeless, living under a bridge, crashing with friends, just being, trying to be out in the world, away sure. from my dad. Right. So, uh, anyway, we get to the top of the thing. We're planning on robbing it. Now, nobody actually lives in this place called the Bozeman Hotel. It's a bunch of offices. There's, like, okay. a jewelry shop and all kinds of things like that. And so I rigged the elevator. Is it kind of like a strip mall? Uh, kind of. Just yeah. like a business here, a business next yeah. door, just business yeah. next to business. Right. And if you're anywhere in the building, you can get in the elevator or the stairs, and it'll take you to the main floor. But you can't get back the other direction. Everything's locked the other way. Okay. So I went in the elevator, pulled out the wires, rigged it, went to the very top with me and about 15 other kids, and we just emptied the place. Worked your way down. Yeah, worked our way down. Just loaded for bear, filled up a couple of trucks. Yeah. Did you have a pl- did you have a plan like do like you know b- before the heist you you sit around and you do like a plan or was it just no you, it was you, definitely well planned out okay 
Yeah, this is there's a lot of a lot of malice I mean, and forethought. Yeah, just so like the <laughs> products, like specifics, right? So so these days with 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 theft, there's usually there's yeah. a goal and and you know you either just a wanted free for stuff all. and we just needed the money to to not even for drugs, just to eat mm. and get stuff and be warm and and for honestly for something to do. We were bored, rebellious kids, and we just needed a, something to do. And that was there. And that was what we did. Yeah. And so a couple kids got caught with some stuff, and one thing led to another, and I got told on, and they found me, and they got their stuff back. And I worked the entire Montana incarcerated you know, per, uh, penal system backwards. I started my time on supervision, which isn't bad, but I still managed to fuck it up pretty good. And then uh, there was a harder supervision. Screwed that up almost immediately. Then they put me in what they call a pre-release. Which is, um, it's kind of like a halfway house, but it's got a lot of rules. And, uh, well, I broke those. So then they put me in prison. This all happened within the space of a couple of months. Like, I'm just screwing up and screwing up and screwing up. Um, then they put me in prison, and that's just where I stayed. I, I went to low side because I only had one point for burglary. Screwed that up. Went to high side, got in a few fights. Went to max. And so I've been in every single place in the Montana State Penal System at that point, And then I discharged out of max. And, uh, yeah, six months later, I'm in a high-speed chase in a stolen car at midnight in the middle of a snowstorm with seven cop cars behind me with the lights fully off. <laughs> I was telling him about that. Yeah. 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 So let me back up a little bit. So so uh, you got caught – you did not get caught in the act of no. the burglary at the Bozeman Hotel. No, I got You got on. caught later. Was it because somebody else got caught? Yeah. And there were, they there was a bunch you, of kids. And they, they ratted you out. Yeah. So, so they're trying to protect these themselves. kids got a pretty good score and they're bringing that home. Yeah. And that just gets, there's too many mouths to keep quiet. Right. I'm sure. Well, it's a bunch of kids. Right. It was just a bad idea to begin with. And some of these kids are going back home and they're like, Hey, where'd you get all these CDs? Yeah. Oh, where'd you get these yeah, there were jewelry CDs and, and jewelry and, and stereos and just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. And then, and, and you do three years. Yeah. And when you say you did the penal system backwards, kind of what I think um, I want to kind of explain that a little bit because I think I understand. Like right. you, you, it, it was a like degrees within the prison right system, custody levels, custody levels, meaning right. like you started out as kind of a non-threat, right? And, and you ended up at the end of the three years at the very highest end, at of the, the very security. highest level, right? Okay, and that's backwards. Yes. You th- most, so most, most people start most, out at the highest level. Most people would go to prison as a problem. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And then try it through their conduct and, and other things like classes. They'd try to claw their way to lower custodies. Okay. And I just went straight the other direction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And is that because of your age? Because you were, you were 18 years old. Well, and in they, 19 they, and 20. I mean, I was, I was getting yeah. older in this. But, yeah. Was do they just, start you off with low custody because? That's one of the factors. Age like is a factor. The, the, the higher, higher custody is like those are hardened, more hardened veteran criminals. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. And then they realized you fit in with them. All my best friends are murderers, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple junkies in there, but most of my best friends are murderers. Yeah, yeah. And they're good people. They're people I know have my back. I can trust them with my life. Sure. Several of them have saved my life. Yeah. I mean, there's been some incidences in there yeah. where these I trust these people with my life, for sure. It's incredible. That is incredible. So, um, okay, so then you're, you're, you get out at the age of 21. And for three months or six months, yeah. you are a free man. So there's a six-month break in this 23-year span yeah. where you actually were not. Might have been like five months, but yeah. You were not incarcerated. It was right around Christmas. So November, let's talk December. Let's talk about what led to the the big chunk of your 23, the, re, the next 20 years after that six months. All right. This one's a little bit harder to explain. So I wanted to be good. 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be good-ish, and so uh, I, I kind of have a, a, an impulse. We'll call it a genetic imperative. Um, I kind of wanted to case places. I didn't want to steal from them. I just wanted to see if I could. Right. Okay. So I'd case a place. Uh, we'll, we'll pick a local pizza joint, right? And I'll park, and I'll get the license plate, and I'll watch them push the code in and all those things. And I'll have a whole setup, and I'll folder what I could do, and then I'll just put it away. And I won't do it. Okay. And then I'll do a different one. This occupied my time for a while. I didn't really have a job. I was selling a bunch of weed. I was doing fine for money. I was bored. Yeah. But I didn't actually want to steal anything because I didn't want to go back to prison. So I would just case these places. We got a party. Guy bumps into me. He's looking at some stuff. He goes, what's this? I'm drunk enough to explain it, which is a big mistake. And uh, he says, oh, this will never work. This will never work. Oh, well, yeah, it will. And so I proved to him that this particular plan would work. And uh, we never did get caught for it, so I can't really explain too much of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to incriminate. But it involved a couple mm-hmm. semis pulling up to each other and a hole being cut and a transfer of goods and some tack welding and Continuing on the way. That's a fast and furious. <laughs> yeah, fast that, and furious. yeah and that's so a Vin Diesel fast we, and furious. We got stuff. the whole thing done one night and made about 35 grand off of that mess. Wow. And I proved to him that, yeah, it 21. No, that, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was 21 or 22 now. That's got to be a huge score. Well, it, it just got thrown in with all the weed money. Really, I had yeah. speakers packed with it. It was at, at a certain point. It's 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 just money. Yeah, I, I can't spend it all because I, it'll be too flashy. Right. So I just have to stack it up. I've got three savings accounts, a checking account, speakers full of cash. Got it. All kinds of stuff. So yeah. I'm not really. I'm just bored. And that was your first pull, right? Like your first big pull. That was a pretty big one. Yeah. So okay. I, even I was kind of nervous that it would whether or not it would fly, but it, it can't. It worked like a champ. Right. And so now I'm like, oh, well, that was a lot of fun. Maybe I should do another. One. So then I did another one. Maybe this, maybe and this then is I what did I'm another good at. one. Right. And man, we one night I, I just I violated my own rules, um, which was with the with the guys that were, you know, with me is if you're gonna get high or if you're gonna get drunk, um, that's cool. Enjoy your time, but you're not with us tonight on, on whatever we're doing. Whatever scam we're pulling or whatever we're stealing, you're not with us on that because sobriety was sobriety a was mandatory. Got it. I broke my own rule because I wrecked a little truck and I tweaked my neck. I was on a handful of Vicodin, okay. which impaired my judgment enough that I ended up getting caught at the end of the whole thing. We uh, ended up stealing a truck. What, what we wanted were some getaway vehicles, and we'd slap stickers on the, on the windows, the windshields of the ones that were marked. So what we'd do is we had planned to go in, rob a place, and then when we left, no matter what direction we went, there would be a car with a big smiley face sticker on the windshield. And if you had it, the keys were in it, it was ready to go. It was already stolen. It was ready to drive right then, no matter which direction you went. So if the cops were chasing you this way, there'd be a car or two that direction. And we would just do that every time we were going to do a thing. You would mark the cars because you knew the keys were in the cars? No, we would steal the cars and park them and then slap a sticker on it. So if the whole crew know that if anybody ran by a car that had a sticker on it, they could hop in. That's that's their ride. That was the no matter which direction they go, we're going to steal like four or five of them, and the people are going to get them back, more or less. You know, it's kind of a joy ride. They're going to get a sticker on it. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's all right. I keep forgetting to talk into the microphone. It's all right, man. No, you're doing good. (laughs) Yeah, close with it. But, uh, okay, so you get the getaway uh, vehicles all, all, all squared away. Right. And then, so uh, what I was doing is I was getting one of the one of the getaway vehicles, and we got stuck in a snowbank, and it was a whole thing, and somebody had seen us, and they would called the cops. 
So now I'm pulling out of a place that's uh, um, like a camper area. And um, you're in a stolen vehicle. A KOA. Yeah. Campground. Got in, it. In a stolen vehicle. And the roads are just fully icy. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning, and a snowstorm is just starting to come down. Big, thick flakes of blinding snow. Yeah. And a couple of cop cars come around. So I weave in between them and just take off. Now, the, the shot from, from Four Corners, where I'm at, to Belgrade is a perfectly straight shot. There's These no, are two cities no in Montana? On. Well, not cities is a pretty Little strong towns. term. Yeah. Little ga- villages? Ga- yeah, Homesteads. gas stations. <laughs> Homesteads? <laughs> yeah. Little gas stations. But it's a straight shot. Like the juxtaposition of crime, high crime, and some <laughs> yeah. little house on the prairie. Right. And, yeah. yeah. So I got these cop cars chasing me, and I'm flooring, and I'm going about 100 miles an hour. If I turn the lights on, I'm blind because there's so much snow coming down. I was telling, I was telling yeah. Brady about this. So I've got a flashlight in my hands. I open up the door, still stomping on the gas 100 miles an hour, and I'm looking straight down at the yellow line in the middle. And I'm not looking out front. Mike. And, and I just told my partner, if you see lights in front of us or whatever, just let me know. So here I'm stomping on the gas, looking straight down at the road. Looking straight down at the road for the whole time. And uh, So you, you had the door open yeah. so that you can see the lines of the road. Through the ice. Because it's a blizzard. Yes. And that's the only way you're driving. Yeah. At insane speeds. Yeah. Running from the cops. In a stolen and, car. And you're not by yourself. I don't no. you telling me that. My partner was with me. And, you got a buddy. Uh, I was telling him. Because the cops were honest for just a second, and I told them I'd shoot at their tires. Just shoot at their tires. Don't hurt anybody, but shoot at their tires. And you're both armed. Right. And he said, he starts. Are the weapons legal? He's No, fuck no. No. <laughs> he starts crying. He goes, I didn't bring any bullets. I said, what the fuck? Why are you even in my car, man? I was so mad about that. And I gave him my gun. I said, here, shoot at his tires, and he wouldn't do it. I was like, all right, well, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a whole conversation. Um, so they ended up throwing spike strips out. They blew the front left tire of the vehicle. So now I'm spinning. I can either pull the wheel all the way to the right and kind of go straight, or I can just let it go, and I'm just doing tight tight left corners. Yeah. So I did tight left corners all the way into a cul-de-sac. Um, the, the snow started to let up a little bit, and I could just see all the bright lights reflected in the snow coming down. There were seven cop cars out there. What a beautiful sight. They, they've good. drawn down on me. Um, there's a few people looking out their windows. They're telling us because they you're, saw you're us like waving the guns around. You're yeah, like in a neighborhood. right in the middle of a residential area. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there are houses all around us in this cold. Pretty, pretty exciting night in uh, this. It wasn't. It wasn't homestead. boring. Homestead, Montana. It wasn't homestead boring Montana. for sure. No, but I, I was just about to throw my gun out and get out and just give up. I'm, I'm already doing the math in my head about how much prison time I'm probably doing for what I've already done. Sure. And my buddy's down on the on the, on the ground in the snow. And I'm just about to do the same. And he goes, just do what they say, man. They're all around us. And my inner jackasses went, yeah, no, fuck that. We're not doing that. Pop, 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 pop. And I shot the gun in the air, hoping that they would do one of two things. Either hide behind their cars and give me just a little bit of lead time to keep running. Take off. Just take off. Or they'd shoot back and we can just end this today. Yeah. Because I actually have lived most of my life with a pretty blatant disregard for my own mortality. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. I wasn't really that concerned if, if, if they shot me back. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. I ran out of bullets, and they just stared at me, and I went, well, that, that's not what you want. <laughs> I gave up. Yeah. That was so you, that. Did, you did not run? No. Didn't okay. get a chance. Yeah. So then they charged me with uh, two counts of attempted delivered homicide Okay. for shooting the gun in the air. And they called was, that attempted homicide. Yeah. Okay. Attempted deliberate homicide. And then there was a theft and a robbery and a burglary and conspiracy to commit another robbery 
and uh, theft of vehicles. There was there was a list of charges. That sounds like a pretty point. decent list. Had, yeah. Had, have you ever thought had the technology existed, you know, body cams or, or dash cams, and they'd been able to see you shooting in the air as opposed because it's it's their narrative, right? Right. So it's it's not at this point it's not oh I was shooting in the well the they air. got it's... dropped to a count of assault. Okay. And in Montana, if I if I scare you in any way, if you looked at me and thought, oh I'm scared of that guy, and you went and told an officer. That man scares me. His presence threatens me. I can be charged with felony assault. That's how Montana works. That's crazy. So shooting a gun in the air definitely falls under that category. They were in fear for their lives, therefore felony assault. That was a legitimate charge. I couldn't get around that. But they were charging me with uh, um, two counts of attempted deliberate homicide, each of which carries a life sentence, potentially. But that's because of the shooting in the right. air. Right. So that that was a right. that was a majority of the sentence. Sure. Came but then there were that. additional charges that all added up to a potential 350 years on top of that. Right. And so we can either have these, they said, or we'll drop the charges down to just these four charges, which carries a maximum of 100. Well, that's pretty easy math. I don't need a calculator for that. I'll go ahead and take those. Because they've got me dead to rights on not only this, but if they go ahead and search my house, um, you know, I was I was selling tons of weed. There's tons of cash in there. Um, there's there's other drugs in there. There's all kinds of there's a whole operation going on. There's files and folders that my girlfriend at the time got got busted jamming into the river. She she cut a hole in the frozen river and started jamming all my paperwork and credit stolen credit cards and stuff down the hole to try to get rid of the evidence. Sure. After I called her because I told her I'm caught, clean the house. She immediately just went and started dumping wheelbarrows worth of stuff into the river. So they only got me for so much, but they had me dead to rights on what they had me for. So you chose to take the deal. Yeah. With no time agreement, mind you. Yeah. They're not saying we're going to push for 50 years or we're going to push for 100 years. They're saying the max you can get for this is 100. Good luck. Up to the judge at that point. Right. Right? To make the determination. Who said 50 years? 10 for one, 10 for another, 15 for another, and 15 another, all to run uh, consecutively. Now, when you're getting picked up, you're talking about doing the math. Anybody that's, that's been in the, you know, that's been incarcerated seems to know the system enough to, like, when they say max this many years, they already, when they're doing the math, they already even know good behavior, getting out, you know, those types right. of things. Had you already kind of figured that when you were making those decisions? Well, Did you have good, good counsel? Like I was telling, um, Brady, the first time I was in prison, I had three years. No matter what I did, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. As long as I didn't kill anybody, mm. my actions had no consequence because I'm, they, they can't keep me past that three years unless I pick up another charge somewhere. They could only release you. In, in theory, they could only right. release you early, but nothing past that. So I, I was stuck with, you know, with, with getting out at three years, and so I acted like a complete jackass. I was fighting all the time. and just I was just a jerk. But now I'm looking at 50 years. There's no light at the end of that tunnel. I got to make the light at the end of that tunnel. So I have to change everything I'm doing, change my attitude, change my behavior. Everything had to change. Because now, instead of just visiting, prison's my home, mm. for sure. And so I had to act accordingly and uh, change almost everything about what I was doing. And, and that was a process you told me that, that took a while. Like, even at 21, like... Well, I adjusted to the prison mentality pretty quickly and carried that with me for about a decade but it was only the last little over a decade that i really tried to prepare myself for a a different setting to try to be a more positive person um for the most part it's working out 
Yeah. I still have my moments, but uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you get you get slapped with fifty years. Yeah. Judge says fifty years, and now you are. Um, let's talk about this point. Like, do you have family that yeah. is interested in you? I have a huge supportive family. They're amazing, um, and they're you know they're, they're they were definitely tired of my bullshit for okay. sure. But so they come if, to your sentencing, yeah. your hearing, and all that stuff. It was pretty awful. And who who uh, what members of your family are there? Um, I think at, that, at that time it was my mom, my grandma, and my aunt. Um, at least them. Okay. I think there were there may have been a few others, but. Uh, you know, my grandmother, she's written me at least one letter every week for the last, you know, 23 some odd years. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and she's know, still uh, with us. She's still yeah, around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So she got to see you get out. Yep. That's exciting. Yes. It's great. Yeah, I got to meet a lot of my family. I got to meet my nephew. Yeah. Uh, the last time I saw him, he was <clears throat> the size of a shoebox. They brought him to visit me in uh, one of the regional prisons in Montana. And I just held him in my, um, in my hands and he... Uh, he could fit both my hands together. Like he was just, he was so the size of a, a yeah. size 12 shoe. Yeah. yeah. And now he's like <laughs> six foot four, yeah. 200 and you know, 80 pounds. Yeah. He's just a monster. Yeah. And I don't know the guy. Right. I don't know half my family. I just, they're all strangers to me. Yeah. And you served your time, this big chunk also in Montana. Yeah. Okay. And your family is living in Montana still? Or a lot they, of them. Cause I know a lot of your family's in the Pacific Northwest now. They're yeah, a lot of, there's a lot. Of, there's some in Mon uh, Montana. There's some in Alaska. There's some in uh, Hawaii. Some in California. Okay. And yeah. who do you have here locally? Uh, here, just my mom. Just your mom. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, oh, so um, so take us through the 20 years, man. So uh, <laughs> you get to prison, and how are you? Is it like you feel pretty comfortable because of your previous three years? Or are you, are uh, I you, was kind of a jackass. A I, I had to go around for for a couple of years and try to try to settle stuff that I had raised up in my first three or bit because I was a jackass. What do you mean by that? Well, um, I'd step on toes and get in fights and just run my mouth, and okay. I had to go back to some of these people and be like, "Look, uh, I think we got off on the wrong foot. I was a fucking jackass." Yeah. Uh, you know, let's, so, let's try so this again. You're saying that people that were in prison when you left after your first three years, right. you went back and you saw them again. Right. And they're there. Right. And you don't want them as enemies, so you're trying no. to bury the hatchet. Right. Got it. So that took a couple of years to get there. Yeah. And then uh, there was a few things to do in prison to make some money, uh, hustle and stuff. But uh, for the most part, it's not the kind of prison you'd see on TV most of the time. Okay. It used to be really hard back in the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, then it really lightened up. They, they, they pushed people to all the regional prisons. They have three smaller prisons, and then they have the mother prison. So they shift people around trying to keep people separated from each all other. All in Montana. All in Montana. They did send some people out to Tennessee and some people out to Texas a couple times, okay. but they got all them back. Uh, they're really just overcrowded. Does that shifting around kind of aid in... The you know the organ the internal organization structures with you know when you keep people shuffled it never really allows people to to cement themselves too right. much in the operation is that the it, it I'm assuming that's really the concept to do a lot of stuff like right. that which is part of their plan right. you know they try to keep us on the move and as soon as they see some people clicking up together they'll take half of them and just shift them to a regional prison to help break it up so it, yeah it gets so you spend really a lot of time acting like people are your boys when they're like your best friend <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 difficult for sure. But um, so 
Uh, I wanted to. So, some point in this in this twenty year span, uh, there is uh, you you make a break for it. Yeah, I want to talk a, about that. So there's, there's I think it was escape. about seven years in, give or take. We were at the Shelby Regional Prison in Montana. No, it was it's a CCA prison. What does CCA mean? Uh, Correctional Corporations of America, I think. Okay, is it like a lesser? Um, they're all over, they're all over the nation. Okay, um, they're they're a, they're a brand of prison, basically. Oh, so it's as close to privatized yes, incarceration they're, they're, as they're possible. Private, it's like a it's like a, a like a Taco Bell. Yeah, but prison, but prison, exactly. Right. <laughs> And nobody had ever escaped from this one, and I had all their training videos and all that stuff I'd stolen, and we had all we had a we had a game plan, man. We had it ready to go. We had a game plan. Me and three others. Me and three convicted murderers. Okay. Yeah, well, good friends. Did you feel left out because you weren't a convicted murderer? No, not no. at all. I was the short timer with fifty <laughs> years. <laughs> okay. I got the least amount of time out of all of us. So none of the other three had anything to lose. No, not at all. Did and I didn't feel caught? like I did either. You know, yeah, you, I have, you must have been on the after you get a certain amount of time. It doesn't really matter how much more you've got. Right, you're, you're not going to see the end of it anyway. I was thinking that was my mentality at the time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they told us they busted us for the for the attempt at escape because somebody told well, let's us. Let's talk about what led up to the escape. All right. Because there was a transport, right? Yeah, that's what I was. So, that's what I was getting at. Oh, you're getting okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, we had yeah. we had a conspiracy to escape out of the prison. So they put us all in isolation, and we can all see each other. You know, I mean, we're we're. We're fishing over letters to each other and stuff like that. We got the plan going. A few months later, they put us all in transport together as one unit, which was just the dumbest thing they could have possibly done. Yeah. There were two sex offenders sitting up at the front, and my buddy Billy this is like just— like a back of a truck or like some kind of— No, it's a van. A van? It's a big van with a cage on the inside. Okay. And the cage is like that that diamond— right. A chain-link fence. No, 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 no. Like that, like that hard— Diamond plating. Yeah. Like diamond oh, plating. Oh, got like it. Yeah. Like, like the, ta- the boxes right the back. Yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the cage is made of. Um, so we told these two, you know, look forward. You're not part of this. Stay away. So they just stayed out of the way. Yeah. And uh, we proceeded to rip that cage apart. We just took it by the corner, and I got my hands behind it and pulled it back. And my buddy grabbed my waist and used his legs and helped pull it back a little bit. And then, and then Billy got in there behind me, and he pulled it back. We just twisted this thing down. As the van is moving. As the van is moving, because they have head pads, and they can't see us. Really? The they, driver doesn't the know driver what's happening? The driver can't see us because of the head pads. The head pads are in the way. Okay. The poor design on their part. It is. Right. It is. So then we get our, we got our shackles off. That took a, a medium to, uh, uh, paper clip to get most of the shackles off. Some of, the, some of them couldn't come off because we couldn't get into them. What's keeping, them sorry to what, what's keeping them from hearing you with the head pads? But besides road noise, they've turned on the radio pretty loud. And they're playing stuff like Freebird and all kinds of stuff. Like, this was just meant to be. It's perfect. You know? and they, they were playing Freebird. They're playing the were, anthem to their escape. Oh, my God. And you're just like, and here's, here's an even better part. <laughs> they, pull out, they pull out of the Shelby parking lot of the prison. He stops at a gas station, opens up the back door. When he does this, the cage is still locked, but we're getting fresh air because yeah. he's opening up the back door. At this point, I've already got half our shackles off, so I'm just laying it across our ankles going, shit, we're busted. We're like, what's up? Well, just thought you guys might want some fresh air before we hit the road. Okay, cool, thanks. He goes in the front, gets in the van, and takes off. He never shut the back fucking doors to the van. We're going down the highway, and they're just doing this. And then this one lightly latched on the right side, looking backwards, the, the left door. Yeah. And then the other door lightly latched. 
So we're peeling this thing back. We're going to kick these things out. And, this is, and yours must be thinking, this is my moment. It's completely Every meant to be. Right? Stars are lining up. So and he, we stops doing and, this. he stops in Helena. We got everything ready to go. And uh, we, we just hadn't found a good spot to jump out yet. And he opens up one door and he goes, were you guys screwing with this door? And remember, we're ready to go. Yeah. If he looked down, he could see the bent metal. He does not look. He's focused on the door. Yeah. And I, I piped up and I said, hey, man, you never shut that door at the gas station. It shut on its own on the highway. And it dawns on him. Oh, yeah. So then he shuts the door, which is fine. There's a window that's about, you know, 14 inches by 14 inches. That's what we're going to crawl out of now. So he leaves and he's out of a moving van. No, now it's stopped. Oh, okay. Okay. It's in a parking lot. So, uh, one of the guys that was with us grabbed a big old handful of shackles that we had. His job was bust the window out, wipe as much glass out as he could, go. Then Billy was supposed to go get out, um, and knock the other guard out. This woman that was out there smoking a cigarette. So that, cause he's got just a killer knockout punch. Okay. And he didn't do it. He like, really didn't he, do his, you didn't you know, knock her out. No, he was like, oh, she was fine. No, man, if she, if you had done it, we wouldn't have got caught, you know? Oh. The next guy jumps out, um, and uh, Brian, he cuts his hand viciously on the glass, crawling out, like all the way down to the bone across, across the middle of his Ooh. palm. He's got a vicious scar there now. And uh, he jumps out, and I do the short straw, I jump out. So we've got three guys that are fairly skinny jumping out. I'm still 260 pounds. Yeah. So it's boom, 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 thump. <laughs> uh, and I'm wiggling around and, and I got this shit this, this lady's trying to spray mace up my nose underneath my glasses that OC spray just filling my face okay, with this so stuff okay so they're aware you're, you're they're aware now yeah and so she's spraying me down there's three convicted murderers on the run I finally get in out in Helena, Montana in Helena, the capital yeah yeah I've scraped a bunch of skin off my thighs and my back and my sides but I got out and I started running and the other guy had, that was inside the restaurant jumped out and tackled me in the parking lot there's only two guards there's only two guards okay so now this guy's terrified he's in pretty good shape he's got me by the hair because back then i had hair <laughs> and he's punching the side of my head and he's terrified he's going oh fuck and he punches me in the side of the head yeah. because every time he punches me I remember i'm reaching for his gun on his hip right and i touched it a couple times so he swivels his hip and punches me and i reach forward and he swivels his hip and he punches me and we did this little dance yeah for about five minutes until the side of my head started getting soft and I was like, look, you know what? You got me. I'll just try this another day. I give up. Okay. And uh, so he drug me back, and I'm obstinately hooking my foot on every bumper on every car and screaming at the top of my lungs, I'm caught, I'm caught, run, run, run. Go, go, go. Don't worry about me. You're yelling to the other yeah, people. Yeah, and I'm trying to slow the process up, dragging me back to the van. And the two sex offenders, they're just sitting they in the They never van. tried anything. They never tried anything. All right. They listened to you. Yeah, they didn't want to get hurt. Yeah. So, so you were you were free for uh, sixty seconds, minute, two minutes, about forty five seconds. Yeah. About forty five seconds. I got five years for that. And you got and you got maced. Yeah, like you're viciously. running and you're maced. So that's I'll tell you what, the, it... the worst thing about getting sprayed with that with that pepper spray stuff, yeah, isn't getting hit in the face. I mean, that's uncomfortable, right? Hurts to breathe for a minute. It's right. a little stingy. That's not the worst part. The oh. worst part is washing it off. Yep, that's when you shower. Back in your you eyes. You get that stuff down near your tender bits, Ooh. you are going to fucking notice. It hurts. I promise. That's that's going to change the taste of your breakfast. That stuff hurts <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got five years for that. Yeah. And how... I went back to AdSeg for about you a year were and in, a half. You, were, you had been in for about seven years when Every, this escape roughly, roughly, yeah. happened. You got five years for just attempting to escape. Right. And uh, But no, like... 
attempted assault or assault on the, the guards no. or damage the property. No, they were they were talking about trying to charge us for the van because we ripped that whole inside of the van apart. Yeah. But uh, after a thorough investigation, it was they came to the conclusion that they had actually screwed up by opening the doors sure. and not you know watching us and being vigilant and so they just called it a wash. Yeah, like we're gonna charge you five years, but we're not gonna charge you for the van as long as you don't push anything. I wonder. I wonder if they just like, kind of want to avoid publicity. Like yeah. that makes them look terrible. They, didn't want to know. Like, they don't want that. There was out. another escape from somebody else just a couple weeks later. Same out, kind of out, van situation. Out, out the top of a van, a different kind top of van. Top of a van. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. The air vent. So uh, we we neglected to uh, address the three convicted murderers. Mm. They, you, you told me they didn't last very. They lasted longer than you did. Absolutely, as free men. But we're in a capital now. We, we got uh, there's there's SWAT, there's helicopters, there's military with with dogs running around. They yeah. they, they are they are determined to catch us. Yeah, and I'm watching all this. Do you know where they're going? Where well, are I knew I knew where my partner was going. But yeah. there were four of us. Like, two, what was the, was there a meeting spot to like? No, after we got out. Every man for himself. No, not every man for himself. Me and Brian had a plan together. Okay. And then those other two had a plan together for them. Got it. So. So let's talk. So how long did they last? Till the end of the night. By the end of the yeah. night, before the sun came up. Brian later. got caught. Uh, he, the cops drew down on him while he was trying to steal a motorcycle. And so okay. he gave up. He thought about charging him, but they would have they shot him. Um, Van Kirk was hiding inside of a garbage can. And some old lady complained that the, there were raccoons in her garbage can. <laughs> and so they kicked it over, and he came rolling out. Okay. And uh, Billy was laying. He's one of the toughest guys I've ever known in my life. And he was laying on the ground. And it's pretty cold, mind you. He's the one with the it's cut September. hand. No, 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 no. no. That wasn't the cut hand. That's one. Brian. That's Brian. Okay. Billy, Billy's just laying on the dirt. And he's got a sprinkler going, and he's getting wet. And his, all his body heat is just leaching out. And he said he could actually feel his body shutting down, and he knew that it was either he's going to die tonight or he's just going to go ahead and get caught. So he rolled out of the brush, and there were already people walking around with dogs. They just missed him. Wow. So he just rolled out and said, uh, if you're looking for me, I'm ready to go. I'm freezing to death. It was that bad. It was he's that just like, bad. Just take me back to the just, warm yeah, van. We'll, we'll try this again some other time. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. I mean. It's not that cool, man. I Tell know. <laughs> No, but it's just, it's, uh, I mean, that is, that must have been such an adrenaline rush. Well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't a boring day. It was not. It was not a boring day. No. Not something I'd want to repeat necessarily. So that's an experience that you have <laughs> over a lot of people <laughs> that you meet is like, well, that's cool that you know how to order pizza, but I've, <laughs> I've escaped from prison <laughs> for a second. <laughs> for a second. Right? Right. That's that amazing. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. Um, uh, let's uh, go to uh, how are you a free man now? That's, so it seems like you're you're making mistakes in prison. Yeah, you're making uh, not the greatest of choices. Right, and you're well, paying for them. They're adding more time on. I came. I, ca I had kind of an epiphanal moment. You know, I, I came to the conclusion that uh, if I didn't change what I was doing, I was never going to leave. Mm -hmm. I'm watching my friends leave and come back and leave and come back. I'm here the whole time. I'm in prison, stuck the whole time. Yeah. And uh, I just decided I needed to do something better. And so I just started trying to be a better person. Yeah. Um, my mom sent me all kinds of positive. My mom sent me all kinds of positive stuff and books and things like that. And uh, yeah, I just tried to start paying attention and just just try to change my whole mentality. And it's it's not something that happens overnight. 
even today, I still have to kind of remind myself that this is not the appropriate response. This is not the way you're supposed to think yeah. about this. You know, I got to snap myself out of certain certain thinking sometimes still. Most people listening to this probably don't know what it's like in prison. So if you if you um, have this moment where sure. you're like, I want to be a better person, how do you become a better person in prison? Like, what, are the, the, what is at least your experience in prison? How do they... Right. How do they um, uh, create an environment where you can do that? Well, I became a teacher's aide and started working in the library a lot to help people out. And it just kind of branched out from there, um, helping people get their GEDs, uh, taking classes, um, leadership courses, things like that, getting certified in customer service the and sales and marketing. They do There's some educational resources. offer some things, but here's the thing is after that many years, I had taken every class every class the only one that i wasn't eligible for was sop which is sexual offender program and uh you have to be a sexual offender you got to be a sex offender so i couldn't go in and then they're like why are you signing up for this i'm bored i took every other class right right so yeah um so when when do you start to realize maybe i can get out and when does that become a desire of yours honestly after a certain point like i said before the worst thing about prison is that it's easy. Was Pris- a hard time. It's it not a really difficult... Si- I mean, it's a sporadic thing. Sometimes there's fights and drama and some politics and some bullshit, but when that's not happening, it's just the most boring fucking thing ever. Ever, ever. Yeah. You read books, listen to music, watch TV, but nothing constructive, nothing positive. I can't move forward in my life. I just felt stuck. And after I'd hit the wall, I was like, well, I got I to gotta be able to do more than this. I have to be able to do more than this. So I saw the parole board for the first time about five or six years ago. And they gave me a three-year flop. A flop is a den- denial. Come back in three years. So they denied you parole? Right. You were up for parole? Yeah. Okay. And they said? No. No. And you're not eligible for another? Three years. Evaluation. Right. For three more years. So and that's set. There are no yeah, exceptions. Right. So I wait three years, and I go up to them, and they're like, all right, cool, two more years. All right, After whatever. three years, right? two more. <coughs> so I've been pro-eligible for five years at a certain point, and I see the pro board, and I'm expecting a one-year flop. That's what I'm expecting. My, my behavior hasn't been stellar, but it's been a whole lot better than it was, mind you, but it hasn't been perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a few things going on. There was an investigation and stuff, and I figured they're not going to give me parole. I'm in a wheelchair at the time because of my leg. I was waiting, tr- waiting to try to get a brace. And I went in there, and my family, my mom and my aunt and my grandma, they're all on video. Um, like Skyped so, in? Right, so that they can talk to the parole board also. And they never actually said, we are granting you parole. Okay. That never happened in that room. I was so confused. Um, we're sitting there talking about stuff, and then they're talking about stipulations and rules and all the things I have to do and all the things I have to follow. I'm like, wait, what? And the guy put his hand on my hand and said, congratulations. I'm like, for what? What's happening? I don't understand. And I wheeled out, and they had to chase me down and have me sign the paperwork because I just didn't get it. It just blew my mind that, wait a minute, you just gave me parole? How does that work? You got it. Yeah. Like, it didn't even feel real. It felt like, it felt like a trap. Yeah. And, I, and I went in there clean-shaven. In the time it took them to say, you can leave, and then there's the door. Yeah, it was about eight months, yeah. and I grew a big old fluffy beard. I didn't shave once in that time. Yeah, uh, that so was my time marker. So you still had eight months to do. Do you feel like your parents being there, 
or your mom, your mother, and your family being there had do do when they when they solicit the parole board on your behalf, do you feel like that is um, that sways them? It shows the parole board influence that I, them. It shows the parole board I have a support system in place. Right. Yeah. I have healthy people um, that that are you know that are clear. Yeah. That that aren't in trouble. They can help lead me, whether it was my mom or anybody else. I have that support system of, of professional people. And that's got to be a big deal. That's a huge when they're deal. When they're like, well, if, he guys, if he's out there, is he by himself? Who are his friends? And and uh, right. who's, who's his family? And that's got to be. That's yeah. awesome. That's assume they're also waiting, like, when they're just saying three years, two more years. They want to see how, you know, how somebody reacts to that as well. I mean, I'm sure there's factors outside of just, like, to be told three more years just like that. No ifs, ands, or buts. Right. And a lot of people, you know, I got upset about it that night a little bit. But mostly I was upset because of my mom. That was really the only reason I tried so hard to get out of prison was because it was killing my mother. Like I said, uh, prison's just not that hard, man. As long as you can fight and be loud once in a while, um, it's just not that bad. There's no responsibilities. There's very few expectations. I don't have to get up and get a job. Uh, I don't have to get up and pay taxes. I, I don't. There's just so many things that I just don't have to do that I can't even get to do. And uh, there's there's just no it, there's nothing there's no responsibilities. It's just easy. It's really easy. Do you think there's a it's scary like that? With the way you explained, you're bored, but there's all these programs, but there's not enough, so you're constantly bored. There That's has only to be like this two hours out of, out of your day, right? And they have to. There has to be a balance between making it, you know, too pleasant to be at, and too right. many things where you're like, I just received well, the most be, education I've ever received. Right. It, it would be a lot better if it was a more constructive environment. Um, I felt like it's a genetic imperative. I felt the need to build things, and so I worked with beads. Little tiny pieces of glass. Yeah. And so, I don't know how it happened, but I'm a professional beater, and I've been beating for 20 years. <laughs> so now I make <laughs> glass portraits and necklaces oh. and all kinds of stuff out of beads uh, because it's what I picked up. And it could have just as easily been knitting or crochet, just just as easily, uh, just to try to soak up the time, you know, and try to do something productive and useful that, with, with the time they give us. Uh, because there just isn't enough. There's so the hard do. part was knowing that your mom just wanted to be with you. Your mom wanted you out. She just wanted me out. And and knowing that that's that seems that's that good. was that the big that was the biggest reason for the push. Yeah. And now that I'm out, it, it feels kind of weird to be honest. Is that common to have to wait eight get the, get this fantastic news from from Montana? That's that's fair. And that's then wait eight months. Yeah. To actually get to walk out the door. There's a lot of places where you get parole, you leave like that day or the next. Yeah. This place, Different states. Right. It was a, This was an interstate compact. They had to make sure that the, the Washington address was clear and all this other stuff. So there was a lot to it. Because you're leaving state. I'm leaving the state. If you were staying in Montana, it might have been not, not it as It might long. have been like three months instead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you knew Washington was going to be your residence. You right. Out. Well, Mom had done a lot of research as far as what states were the easiest and had the least problems for supervision. Alaska hmm. came up and she lived in Alaska for a while and decided it was too cold. And so she got a position here in Washington. Um, in part because your mom got a job here. Yeah. Okay. She works for the dam, the Bonneville dam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she, she decided that she wanted to live someplace where in a state where it was easy to do supervision time. Cause some like Montana, they're out to get, they're out to get you. They want yeah. to put you in prison. 
here they just don't want to do the paperwork yeah you know they don't they don't want to cause a scene as long as i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing i'm where i'm supposed to be and i'm not getting all high or something stupid like that they just release me back to the wild again yeah they'll leave you alone yeah they'll let you do your thing do you ever miss prison every day do you really every day Talk about that. Like, what 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 do you miss about it? Is it's it your, your fr- honestly friends it, or it's hard to talk about like family without, without tearing up a little bit. Yeah, I really, I I miss I miss prison every day. I really do. I miss I miss my brothers. I miss my friends terribly. Yeah. Um. The first night I got to my mom's house, she cooked me a big steak on a barbecue. Yeah. In the backyard, yeah. and I took a bite. And I was just thinking about my friends. And she goes, is it good? And I just started bawling. Just full-on yeah. snot bubbles, whole face wet bawling, right? <laughs> yeah. And she goes, is it okay? I'm like, it's 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 amazing. Yeah. I just I wish my friends could taste this. They need this in their life. There are so many people in there, I feel, that deserve what I've gotten more than I do. Because sure. I spent so much of my life being kind of a piece of shit man yeah i was a thief yeah. i was this con artist i was a horrible person i mean not horrible horrible but i was bad enough yeah i don't like who i was sure at all sure but if not for that i wouldn't be who i am today yeah. and i like who i am today yeah that works okay. out <laughs> my, my mom would not have supported me if if i was the same person that i was yeah for sure has that the relationship just been great you being with your mother and and being yeah. able to see her every day and 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 hanging out, we, and we play music together sometimes and and go do a few gigs. Yeah, I, I you're a guitar bass. player. You're I, a bass player. I play bass and guitar. She plays guitar and sings. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she does all kinds. Of, she's doing gigs this week, I think. As a matter of fact, I bet she's thrilled. I mean, she's she's pretty happy. That'd yeah. be so incredible. And Grant, where's Grandma? Oh, she's in California. She's in California. Yeah. How often do you get to see Grandma? Uh, she calls on a pretty regular basis. Have you, but you've seen her since you've got yeah. out. Yeah. Was there like a big party, celebration, get out? Like- I, I um, kind of have some PTSD issues with big crowds and big noises. And I, I asked everybody really nice, if you want to come visit, please, please, please come visit. Like two or three at a time. I don't want a lot of noise. I don't no want a party. 40-person surprise. Nobody jumping out of a cake or a surprise <laughs> party, please. Somebody's liable to get their nose broke with a cane. I don't. I don't want to play that game because I don't want that instant reaction. Yeah. I don't like being scared or surprised either. I don't like that. Like, I don't mind it in general. It's just that, like, if I yeah. know that it's going to be okay, I just, I have this, that instant reaction. And uh, so that, that, it's like a reflex. Sometimes I just can't help it. Then I feel horrible that I've, I've lashed out with a stick or something like that. But, uh, uh so, um, now you're out. Yeah. And uh, what are you doing for what? How does the state or the prison system or kind of educate us on like? Obviously, being a convicted felon, everyone just kind of assumes you can't get it. How how do you work? Do they have like there is placement an amazing programs? number of convicted felons? Excuse me, of convicted felons around here. Right. Right now, I'm working at the Scamania Lodge. Okay. In Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Big hotel. It's got like three or four restaurants in it. I'm in the middle of the dish pit for all of it. It's a wreck. I hate the job, but I'm grateful to have it. Sure. But while I have it, I'm desperately looking for anything else, anything else but a dish pit. 
It's Did just, you it's apply for that job like a normal person? Do you, and now you, you have to check a box yeah. that, say, that says I'm a convicted felon. Do they know well, that? They don't have the box anymore. No, so they, they know because I talk about it openly. Okay. Right. But if you didn't, they wouldn't know. Right. Interesting. Right. But there's a lot of people there that have been in prison. There's a lot of people in there that have been incarcerated. So yeah. it's easy to work with. My, uh, my good friend Claire, Clara, she's, she was in prison for four years for drugs and assault on a cop. And she has been essential, vital. She has kept me alive and out of prison. If not for her, I would have already gone back. You think so? I'm positive of it. Because I just, I get, I get nostalgic. I get emotional. I want to go see my friends. Yeah. And I just kind of got tired of stuff. And she's, the reason it's so good is because she speaks the language. Sure. I can communicate with her in a way that I can't communicate with people that haven't been to prison and haven't seen what we've seen and done what we've done there, yeah there's no way there's no substitute for that experience no there cannot be i would there's imagine just a, there's a certain mentality that just sticks with you at a certain point yeah and, uh, and she helped me through that and she continues to help me through that actually yeah, that's awesome it's yeah. good you have such good support i can imagine that uh there's a certain i don't want to say allure but there's a certain like if you were going to prison it would be like well, this is new. Well, the this judge actually stated in my in my sentence interview that it seemed like I had broken into prison uh, because it kind of my my behavior kind of led to that conclusion. You know, broken into prison, right? As in, like you wanted to. Be As like in, my behavior made the you know made them think that I just I needed to be in prison. That's not where my head was at. Yeah, but I was just consistently you know just out of control. Just I wonder control. if they grant you parole, can you say, no, nah, I'm good? Mm, you can, can, but it's going to be a lot of paperwork and bullshit. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You're going to be like kind of given the It's going to be a problem. Yeah? yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, uh, where do you, like, what, like, do you have, like, goals for the next five years? Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? What, what do you so want to what, what pursue now that you're my mom in this up, new 2019 <laughs> right. land? Right. Coming from 1995. It's scary. What's out here that you're like, I want to do that? Well, I, uh, my mom had some money, bought me a car, which was amazing. Moms are cool like that. Promptly wrecked it the very next day. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Paid insurance on it and everything for two more months because I wasn't sure if it was totaled. Turns out it was totaled. 35-mile-an-hour wreck into a tree. It just didn't work out. Yeah, you're probably not very good at driving since you don't have a lot of experience. I got a license. That doesn't mean I have any business being on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm saving up for another car. And once I get that, I'm going to try to get a job either closer to Vancouver or a better job at the Skamania Lodge, you know, like reservations or something. And then once I've got the car, I can save up some more and try to get a place, a room here in town or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or at least right now with mom, I'm not paying rent, so I don't have a lot of bills. It's good. And that really helps. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're gonna give you some teeth, so that uh, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. So that uh, uh, you know that'll give you some confidence and make you hopefully. Here's the thing with with missing teeth, and I don't know if you've noticed this or uh, uh, or know this, but but most people when you say missing teeth, a lot of people will will assume uh, the worst, right? And so it can immediately shut down uh, employment opportunities, right. uh, relationships, any kind of personal uh, human interaction can kind right. of be shut down if you're missing enough teeth or the teeth don't look the right way. Right. It can be a real 
And people start assuming, clearly this person must do drugs like crazy. And it's not, actually most dentists would be the ones who say, no, there's actually a lot of variables that, that bad teeth doesn't mean you do drugs. And doing drugs doesn't mean you have bad teeth. Right. So it's there are people, hundred people that are, are using illicit drugs, hard drugs, that um, look fine. Th- yeah. yeah. Eventually it might catch up, but I, I have seen patients tons of times who will admit freely to their recreational drug use, um, and uh, uh, I am shocked. That, so, anyways, but giving you teeth, uh, that is, um, I am so happy to be able to give that to you. And I am and, incredibly and, grateful and, and for that. You. I can't even tell you how grateful I am for Thank that. You. That's Thank amazing. You. I've been telling everybody about that, too. Yeah. Oh, I've been spreading the word, man. Tell everyone you, anyone you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh I don't have any other. I, I kind of just want to thank you for being here. Yeah. Obviously, your your story is just. I just don't think a lot of people have that kind of access to someone with that kind of experience. It's a very unique experience, and to come back out on the outside and be able to share that is even more unique. I think, and I think people like to hear that. On well, its perspective, that not not everybody's even afforded the opportunity to to listen to because we get the we get those really. Uh, extreme cases of incarceration and these these right. stories, whether it's the Netflix specials or just something that was yeah. high, extremely high profile, but to get perspective of something that really is in, you know around us every day, because like you said, there's a lot of uh, convicted lot of felons. So it really does, sh- you know, it sheds some light on. Okay, aside from the high profile stuff, right. like what about the people that that are my actual neighbors who, right. you know, and, and uh, so that's that's really cool. I mean. For me, this was a, uh, you know, you guys met and, and this was more or less, uh, you know, something that you guys had, had arranged and it's been really cool to sit here and, you know, hear your experience. But, the, uh, you know, I have I have so many questions, right? They go way deeper and it's really cool to see kind of an outline. But I hope, no, I mean, I, I, I hope that maybe in the future, because I, I, I like to break down more like the, the, the programs that are available and sure. all the, uh, like the, the nerdy stuff of, of why we <laughs> respond to phones, uh, you know, what it means doing your time why do we still uh, allow there to be so much of your personal your, your or your history right. provided to employers and whatnot when you've you know s- supposedly served your time you know to society and then you can still be uh put under this umbrella of you know of right. mischief to where somebody might not want to actually hire you so I, I i do nerd out on the kind of like the 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 thoughts and opinions about real rehabilitation versus you know, just the, the cyclic process that is, right. is the, you know, the, the system. And a lot of it is, is uh, it's really easy to get, it's really easy to get depressed in prison and, uh, and angry and bitter. And a lot of people are always blaming other people for their problems. And uh, I firmly believe that whatever is happening to us, right, wrong, or indifferent, in some way we're responsible personally for everything that happens in our life. If you get hit by a bus, it's not the bus driver's fault, man. Get the hell out of the road. Like everything we do, every action we have has a, has a consequence. And uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And, and taking accountability for my own actions and learning that I'd rather earn my own money and that I have the ability to earn money and I don't have to steal something from somebody else. Realizing things like that, that most of you guys would just automatically, that's just your mentality, automatically. I had to actually make that shift in my life and push everything else to the side. And I'll still, even today, I'll walk through a park a lot and I'll see a car with the keys in it and a bunch of stuff in the back seat. And I got this little guy in the back of my head going, oh, 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 oh. And you got to just go, no, idiot. 
Sit down, stupid. Not We're not doing that today. Not yours. Not yours. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> you know, it's still in there. That's funny. I could probably spend another another hour. I mean, the other. <laughs> no, the other. Could be a four the hour other yeah. The, <laughs> and I hope we can maybe have an opportunity in the. the I wanted to get through because uh, I just think just the, just the general outline of your, sure, of your life sure. is so unique to most people. And going back to like your initial story that you said about. Uh, holding the door open for someone and saying, no, I can get my own door. Get woke. Yeah. That was like, so weird to me. Like people, um, <laughs> like you just don't know who you're talking to sometimes. Right. And had they, I bet that person would feel terrible if they knew this person is just recently released from a, a lifestyle that you couldn't even comprehend. Maybe you should get woke. Well, respect, right? well, respect is the highest form of currency in prison. Okay. And so I try to show respect as often as I can yeah. to those that I feel it. And I am viciously disrespectful to people that I think don't have it coming. Yeah. That's something I'm trying to work on right now. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but I could flip the switch and be just super rude right away. Yeah. Because in prison, it was like, you know, you, you pay absolute respect to this guy and absolute respect to this guy and absolute respect to this guy. And if you pay any respect to this guy, it's a problem mm. because he is not to be respected. Got it. You know, so it's kind of duck, duck, goose. You got <laughs> to, you got to make sure you're you're paying attention. So there's a pecking order. Politics. You got to learn it, and you got to learn it. You got to learn it. I'm sure. And you don't. You know, with me, I, d I never was the toughest guy on the yard. Yeah. You know, I just what was I was enough of a problem. Nobody wanted wanted to deal with me. And okay. I, I spent all that time not being affiliated with any gangs or groups either. And that was kind of an accomplishment in is itself. That, that's hard to do. That is really hard to do because are they recruiting you? Because I'm open. Yeah, they're always trying. Because I'm open game. I'm, I'm fair game if I'm not part of a of a group. And they all want to increase so their numbers. So I became the guy that can you know make it, fix it, or find it uh, okay. for a while, and that's how I got by. There's so much more without so without more having to. There's so much more, but we do got to wrap it up. Okay. Before I wrap this up, though, I do want to. Uh, let all our listeners know, every episode, we are going to be giving away $500 of free dentistry. Oh, yeah. And the way that we're going to do that um, uh, uh, is that there's going to be a, um, a secret. I was going to say magical. Secret word. It's a secret word. And, and you can do the – well, we got to talk about how they're going to deliver that word to us. Right. Uh, <laughs> we didn't talk about that. And we can even – I mean – There will be instructions in the intro. Yeah. We'll do that. So uh, we'll go back through and, and record an intro. People yeah. have instructions on where to email. But there will be a, a secret word. Jasper, would you like to do the honors of choosing the secret word? A word, a phrase, anything that sure. people will email us. And the first person to email us this word or phrase uh, will win $500 uh, towards anything I offer. It, obviously, you got to be kind of local. All right. Portland. So I, I had a friend in Montana, little little guy. He was called Tommy the Leprechaun. He was a Vietnam vet. He was about four and a half feet tall, Love wore it. green all the time, missing a thumb, played guitar. And he had little business cards that said, good for one free wish, or good for one wish. And if you asked him, or if he asked you how you were doing, if your answer was phantasmagorical, you got a card that was good for one wish. Now, he's passed. Okay. But in his honor, I think the secret word could be phantasmagorical. Spell it right, guys. Phantasmagorical. Get phonetic with it. Phantasmagorical. We will, uh, we'll be lenient on spelling <laughs> with that one. <laughs> Fantasmagorical. In honor of Tommy the Leprechaun. In honor of uh, Tommy the Leprechaun, we will honor his memory with <laughs> Phantasmagorical. Perfect. Could All win right. you $500.
Uh, do you have any other questions? Thank no, you for tuning I'd, in. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to chat with you more, and I hope that, that maybe in the future we can arrange something because I think you're, you're going to have a. I just love the opportunity to angle. be surrounded by, by positive people. Sure. Uh, because you know, you, I, I firmly believe we, we become like the people we surround ourselves by, and that was a big step in prison and getting out is surrounding myself with different people. Sure. Perfect. And being out here and being able to surround myself with positive people and positive vibes helps, helps me keep that momentum going all the time. So I appreciate you guys inviting me here tonight. I appreciate Absolutely. meeting you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I've met you. I'm glad that we've become friends, and, uh, and I'm rooting for you. And we're going we're gonna to get you ready for GQ magazine. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> at, least, at least between the nose and the chin. I, I, I have lost, I I have lost officially 60 pounds in the last eight months. Have you really? I started my adventure at 285 pounds when I walked out the door. I'm 227 today. Nice work, man. Yeah. Nice work. Still going. Okay, we are signing off. Thanks for listening. Thanks, All guys. Right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it.